This is the Heartland Daily Podcast. everyone, and welcome to the Heartland Daily Podcast. This is Anne-Marie Schieber of Healthcare News, and today I've invited back the co-publisher of Healthcare News, John Goodman, the president and founder of the Goodman Institute for Public Policy Research. Always good to have you back on, John. And always good to be back with you. (laughs) Well, you know, for our listeners who do not know, John writes a column in Forbes, and lately your columns have focused on one issue, the Medicare Advantage program, because clearly it is coming under more attack. Now, before we get into this latest assault, this uh, huge front page article in the New York Times, I want to ask you, do you think there is an orchestrated effort to undermine Medicare Advantage? And why do you think that might be taking place? Well, there's a long tradition in healthcare of people who believe that the profit motive is bad. And wherever they see companies that make a profit in healthcare, uh, they, um, they're opposed to it, they're suspicious of it. And I think that's, uh, that's the genesis of, of what you're observing. Uh, in, in, in fact, there's almost no difference in healthcare between nonprofit and for-profit entities, whether mm-hmm. it's a hospital or a doctor's office or, or an insurance company. But, uh, but there's that old idea that uh, in healthcare everything should be altruistic, it shouldn't be self-interested, and I think that, that is shaping a lot of people's views, uh, erroneously, okay. I might say. Right. Okay. Well, let's talk about this article in the New York Times. It was published on October 8th, and the headline was, The Cash Monster Was Insatiable, How Insurers Exploited Medicare for Billions. And before you even get into this article, you see this huge graph of 10 private Medicare Advantage providers with check marks next to their names as being accused of fraud or overbilling. Now, on your blog, you cut to the chase. You call it a hit job. Why? Well, remember, you've got two choices. You can be in regular Medicare or you can be in a Medicare Advantage program. Most people see regular Medicare as a government-run program. And they see Medicare Advantage as uh, administered by private insurance companies. And uh, so if you're going to say something about uh, Medicare Advantage, the natural thing to do is to compare it with regular Medicare, which is something the article didn't do. That, that, that is really strange because it turns out that there's far more fraud in regular Medicare than there is in Medicare Advantage. And that's just not just my opinion. Uh, uh, a year or so ago, uh, CBS sent uh, 60 minute cameras down mm. to Florida and filmed fraud. There would be a vendor with an address, and they'd go to that address, and it was a, an empty building. And so, for the whole nation to see, they, they showed uh, how much fraud there was. And uh, it is, the estimates are that up to one out of every $10 in regular Medicare is lost to fraud. And that's real fraud. And by real fraud, I mean where a doctor uh, claims he did something he didn't do or a vendor claims that it, it sold something it didn't sell or a hospital says it did something it didn't do. And, they, and when they're caught, those people go to prison. Right. Well, nothing like that is happening in the Medicare Advantage plans. Yeah, so probably bad choice in words here. So the New York Times article suggests that 
there is this incentive uh, to make people look sicker than they are. So the pro providers get a higher risk payment from the Medicare program. Now, why don't you consider that gaming the program? Well, yes, there's an incentive. And everybody uh, realizes there's an incentive. I would say it's an incentive to be more careful and to be more accurate. And the reason the incentive is there is that in Medicare Advantage, uh, the premium payments to the plans are risk-adjusted. And that means if you have sicker patients, uh, you get more money. And that is a good thing because that's basically not happening in the Obamacare individual market. And in that market, nobody wants a sick person. So they're run, run, trying to attract the healthy and running away from the sick. Whereas in the Medicare Advantage market, because there are higher payments for sicker patients, you have plans specializing in things like diabetes and heart disease and lung disease and, and trying to attract patients that have serious health problems. And so the Medicare Advantage market is more like a real market. So back to your question about you know recording the uh, in, in the medical records, um, the Medicare Advantage doctors have an economic incentive to be as accurate as possible and to not overlook medical condition mm. that might result in more money to the plan. Whereas in regular Medicare, doctors don't have that incentive. Ah, so if the two doctors were looking at the same patients, uh, the Medicare Advantage doctors would uh, be more careful, uh, be more accurate, and, and record more health problems. For example, a patient might be pre-diabetic, but that, that, that pre-diabetes is, is not causing any problems at the moment, but it would nonetheless be recorded. All right, so how much difference does this make? Well, the estimate is maybe 4% more payments uh, to the Medicare Advantage plans. But the answer is not to go around and sue each other and make grandiose claims. If, if, you, think, if you think you're overpaying uh, the Medicare plan, it's not even overpaying. If you think the 4% the, the is too much, uh, you can reduce across-the-board payments to the Medicare Advantage plans. Mm. Um, and this is... Uh, um, it's a small problem uh, that we have to deal with in order to have a real market for the care of sick people. Yeah. Um, it sounds like this really is uh, part of the, the issue with these risk payments. Um, do you suppose, now I don't know how quite they work, you declare a patient a particular health status and you get a payment. Is that payment exist throughout the year or can you adjust it if they happen to get sicker? How, tell our listeners how this risk payment works. Okay, the uh, Medicare has a risk-adjusted formula and is the most sophisticated formula in the whole world. Uh, it's, it's better than anything that's been designed yet. It has 70 different variables. And um, based on those variables, uh, a plan is paid a premium when it enrolls a patient. And yes, if during the year, the, the doctors discover, let's say the doctors discover the patient had cancer. They didn't know that before. Then, then they can take that information, go back to Medicare, and get a higher payment because of this newly discovered health condition. Now, that does not happen anywhere else in the healthcare system. Um, and so if in the Obamacare individual market, if you discover your, your patient has cancer, you don't get any more money. And, and therefore, that creates a perverse incentive uh, not, not to... Um, uh, not to treat uh, patients sure. with the sickest, uh, you know, the sickest patients uh, the way they should be treated. 
Yeah. I mean, couldn't you possibly do that in Medicare Advantage, maybe under treat somebody so that later you can get a payment adjustment or, uh, I mean, like you said, it can happen easily in traditional Medicare. Well, there's no incentive to under treat people, uh, in, in Medicare Advantage. Um, because, um, uh, if, if they get sick, there's quite a delay between uh, the time you tell Medicare mm. that the patient's condition has changed and you get the higher payment. It's, it, and, and it's unfortunate that there's that delay. But, um, but no, no, the, uh, uh, the, the, that's not an incentive. Okay. All right. So, so what would you think is the next step here? I mean, you, you mentioned in your blog that someone needs to do an investigation on these so-called charges of fraud really looking into the cases to see what exactly happened and what the New York Times is labeling as fraud. Well, the cases the New York Times cited are mainly whistleblower cases where someone within Humana or, or Anthem or one of the insurance companies goes to the government and says, we think these, uh, these medical records are overstating the, the uh, condition of the patient. And um, whistleblowers... I don't know what exactly happens under Medicare, but generally whistleblowers get money. Yes. They can't be retaliated against. So they're not neutral parties. Uh, but but I want uh, everybody to understand that um, there is an economic incentive in Medicare Advantage to be as careful as possible, and they will record more, more conditions than a regular Medicare doctor would. They get higher payments, estimated maybe on the average 4% higher patient. Uh, payments. That does not mean that the, di- the, the the records were wrong. It does not mean fraud was uh, has occurred. It just means that that's the way we've set up the system. And so that 4% additional payment is a price we pay for creating a real market for sick people where plans compete uh, to solve the problems of patients instead of running away from sick people, which is what happens in the individual market and all too often even in the employer market. Yeah. Fiscally speaking, why is it better to have private participation in Medicare? Well, you know, I don't even think of it as private versus public. I just think of it in terms of what are people's economic incentives. And if people are are penalized economically for taking care of sick people, uh, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it very well. If they are rewarded economically for taking care of sick people, then they'll do a better job. And so I think we need to get the incentives right. And it doesn't matter whether you call it public or whether you call it private. Uh, we need to reward people for the behavior that we want them to engage in. Yeah. Well, what about this idea that they're kind of on the hook if they get it wrong, as opposed to the Medicare program, which you can continue to bill and bill and bill under traditional Medicare? What do you mean if I get it wrong? Well, I mean, you know, there's an incentive there for these private companies to get, be diligent in their care because they're going to have to, they get a fee to take care of this person. It's kind of like managed care, right? They get a fee and they're responsible for caring for that person for that particular fee. They can't just go back and add on extra expenses, right? Or maybe I got that wrong. Right. The, 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 they do not bill costs to, uh, to Medicare. So, and that's why this is not like the fraud that exists in regular Medicare that you saw down in Florida where people just made up things and, and were real criminals and belong yeah. in prison. Uh, what happens in Medicare Advantage is, is a dispute over coding. 
And um, I think I gave the example earlier, a patient might be pre-diabetic, uh, might not affect any, any um, uh, thing that he's doing, might not require any additional care, but it might get a little more payment out of, out of Medicare. Well, that, that, that's going to happen. And that's the price you have to pay for creating a real market where um, you have real risk adjustment. Better risk adjustment happens anywhere in the world. So we've got the incentives better in Medicare Advantage than anywhere else in our healthcare system. And so, so if I were a diabetic and I wanted doctors to have an economic incentive in keeping me well and reducing my problems, uh, Medicare Advantage is the best place in the whole world for me to be. John, I want to touch back to something you said earlier. You know, there's some people who believe that healthcare is different than any other part of the economy um, because um, it deals with your health. I mean, by and large, you don't have a lot of control over that. Yes, you do to some degree, but in any case, sometimes bad things happen and yeah. they come as a complete surprise and people shouldn't be penalized or suffer unnecessarily because of that. Um, given that, do you think it's possible that the private sector, which is driven by profits, right? Nothing wrong with that. But when it comes to health care, do you think that they can act in an altruistic way? Yes. Yeah, so thinking back to Adam Smith, uh, the for-profit motive in the marketplace is what meets uh, most of our needs most of the time. And it meets it far better than, uh, than if uh, people were generally altruistic. So what Adam Smith says is the uh, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, uh, all these folks um, uh, are pursuing their own interests. But the only way they can make more money is by meeting more needs. And so the the marketplace is incredibly efficient at meeting our needs. So move over to healthcare. Um, so I would would like to be in a healthcare system where people find it in their economic self interest, not just not just altruistic. Uh, self-interest, but, but economic self-interest to keep me healthy and meet my needs. All right. One last question. I'm sure you've been asked this before. Why do we have to deal with providers at all? Why doesn't Medicare just give this money back to the enrollees? Let them put it into an account. Let them shop for their own insurance. Let them shop for their own providers. If they don't spend it, they keep it in the account. What's wrong with that? Well, in, in a way, that's what we are doing but we, we put restrictions on what you can do with the money in your account. Uh, and you can't go spend on something else. So, so basically it never goes in your account. It goes to the insurance company you choose. But, um, but the, we, we could have more of a free market. Um, uh, it, it's way too regulated. And for example, I would like to see continuous open enrollment. So you asked earlier, well, what happens if, if you're undertreated by a plan? Well, then you should be able to go to some other plan. And especially if your health condition changes, that, that auto automatically entitles you to go to another plan that might be better for your health condition. So that would be one thing, uh, making it easier for patients to, to move, especially if they think they're mis mistreated. Uh, and then uh, seniors should have health savings accounts, which they don't today. It ought to be easier for seniors to have direct primary care where they have a relationship with a primary care doctor that they can talk to by phone at nights on the weekends instead of going to the emergency room. Uh, there are all kinds of things that can be done to improve uh, the situation. But, um, but Medicare Advantage is way ahead of Medicare, and really it's way ahead of the rest of the healthcare system. Your rebuttal to the New York Times article, can people read about it yet in Forbes? Yeah, no, no, it's not yet in Forbes yet. 
It's at the hair. It's at my healthcare blog is where you find it. All right. Well, we will include a link to that. Thank you, John, for joining us. It's always good to hear your thoughts and uh, we'll look out for that Forbes article. Great. Take care. And thank you listeners for tuning in. If you liked this discussion, please share, become a regular subscriber. If you are not, give us a thumbs up on your favorite podcast platform. All of those things will help will go a long way to boosting the free market message. We'll be back next time with another feature in healthcare news. This is Anne-Marie Schieber.